He stopped taking receipts a long time ago after the game started dropping. These see receipts are missing. I don't see them. Reese Hall still leads the team in rushing yards and rushing touchdowns, and he went out seven weeks ago. The Ravens and Giants were worse than that, and they're in the playoffs with a very much less talented team, and they explained that in the offseason. Mike LaFleur, the offensive coordinator, has been fired. There's no wall in your hair. There's no way out. There's no way out. Jake's takes on the TVS network. What is going on, everyone? You are back here on Jake's Takes. Of course, this is the podcast presented by Tunnel Vision Sports, recorded in Rider University's The Bronx Studios. As always, I'm Jake Serrano, taking you through some of my quick takes to start your weekend off. Happy Saturday. Happy to be back. Feeling healthy. Um, feeling a lot better. Uh, unfortunately, that's why you know I couldn't do the, the show last week. Wasn't really feeling all that well. But I am so excited to be back. Um, there's, you know, some things I'm aggravated with within the sports world. There's some things we're really going to talk about today, some NBA, NFL, um, and some other things as well. Uh, but I just, we, we got a lot to talk about, um, but I'm just hoping everyone's doing all right today. Everyone's feeling relaxed. Everyone had a good week. And, you know, I, I know I, I had, uh, had a little bit of a rough going, you know, I had a little bit of a mono for a little bit and then pink eye and. Uh, well, now I have pink eye, and I'm going through those antibiotics now, and uh, it's just been a back and forth like all week. So hopefully we can get that over with, and I could just move on. Looking for a new car, we know about that, and all those, all that good stuff. Easter's coming up. Happy Easter um, to those that celebrate Easter. Happy Passover to those who celebrate Passover. Um, it's been a bit of an interesting week, and I, I'm excited to really talk about all of it. Uh, and in and, and, and a full healthy form, because I haven't been able to do that while I was able to really give you guys my energy last week, um, and what, or the week before, I should say. It really wasn't there, unfortunately, but I'm excited to do it, and um, I'm excited to be here, and let's get rock and rolling. Here we go. All right, let's start with the news around the leagues. Um, this was interesting. I found this out today. Let's say it's Thursday, but um, you know, I had to record a day earlier, unfortunately, but... I like to try and get you guys the news, you know, relatively, um, I should say, relatively relatable for the day, but it is what it is. Miami Dolphins wide receiver Tyreek Hill. So it sounds like he's not going to be playing for much longer. During an interview this week, Hill said he's going to finish his contract out with the Dolphins and then call it quits, meaning one of the fastest players in the NFL plans to play just three more seasons. Hill, just 29, finished his seventh season in the NFL. So... One of the fastest players in our, uh, or should say, in the NFL, is going to retire very soon. So the Dolphins have a very limited window with a very superstar wide receiver. We'll see what they do with Tua next offseason. I mean, next season. Hopefully, he gets healthy for the upcoming season. I mean, the Dolphins were a playoff-ready team um, just this past just this past season, and we shall see how that kind of communicates forward moving uh, going on. But Jalen Waddle and Tyreek Hill, probably the, one of the best tandems in the league, a wide receiver. And it'd be a shame to see Tyreek Hill finish it out without a uh, without a perfect finish in Miami. I know he did it in, in Kansas City, so I'm sure he's not worried about it. But just 29, one of the fastest players in the NFL, and kind of already mentioned retirement, so it's kind of crazy. Uh, over in Philadelphia, backup quarterback Marcus Mariota, who was the former starting quarterback for the Titans, um, and the Falcons last season said he feels like he can help Jalen Hurts and he's excited to have fun with the Eagles. Uh, I was able to pull some audio. Let's give him a listen right now. I'm at a point in my career where I just want to enjoy the game. I want to have fun doing it. 
Um, the scheme is very exciting for me. And, um, you know, the fact of the matter is I feel like I can, I can help Jalen. And if we can make Jalen a better player, um, you know, this team's going to be better. And to be a part of a team that was a play, for, a play away from winning the Super Bowl um, was an opportunity that I couldn't pass up. And uh, I'm very excited to be in this quarterback room. I think it's important that you have a strong quarterback room. And um, like I said, I'm going to do whatever I can to help him out. So that was Marcus Mariota from the Philadelphia Eagles YouTube channel. Uh, Mariota, as we know, was a former second-round pick or excuse me, a former second overall pick in 2015, and he has now played for the Titans, as I mentioned, Raiders, Falcons, and now the Eagles. Mariota joins a team with former coach Arthur Smith, who coached him back in Tennessee, uh, was his offense coordinator there, and now an Eagles team who used to have Chip Kelly. And remember, the Eagles, when they had Chip Kelly, tried to trade up for Mariota in the 2015 draft. That didn't fall through, and ultimately Mariota ends up with the Eagles regardless in a backup role. But I think this is so interesting. He's so ready to help. He has so much experience, as he mentioned in the video. Um, and I, I think it's interesting because you have a guy now who's Kind of like Jalen Hurts, we know what Mar Mariota could kind of provide in the running aspect of things, and he's kind of been used as that dual threat quarterback in different schemes, like in uh, excuse me, in Las Vegas, Oakland when they were the Oakland Raiders. We saw how he was used there, um, and I remember his game in Tennessee. Remember his game in Oregon? It was this spread kind of run around type thing. So uh, it's interesting to see that he kind of matches that scheme now. Rather than, you know, Gardner Minshew was a different type of scheme. I think Marcus Mariota fits that better. How they can implement him into this game, I really think they're going to try and use him in a different way. I don't think like a wild card package, I don't think that's a thing anymore. Um, that, but, you know, maybe that's the type of thing they try to inst you know, institute him into and grant him to there. But I'm, I'm excited to see him over in Philadelphia. I think it's a great fit, a team that he probably would have went to many moons ago, but never did. And I'm, I'm, I'm excited to see how that works out uh, over there in Philadelphia. All right, let's move on. Earlier in the week, the Brooklyn Nets, they defeated the Pistons 123-108, to winning four of their last five games. I believe that was up until Wednesday. Um, Mikhail Bridges stepped it up again for the squad, scoring 26 points. We know the Nets, earlier in the year, they traded away both Kevin Durant, um, excuse me, um, and, and Kyrie Irvin. So uh, really having a, a great start to the season, then a bit of drama, trading away guys away. And it was ultimately like, well, where are the Nets going to go from here? They have a chance to clinch this playoff spot. Now, um, they are just one win away. They can clinch the sixth seed uh, in the in the Eastern Conference with a loss uh, from Miami, I believe, at Philadelphia on Thursday. So that's the way they'll get the sixth seed there. And they've really made a climb up. You know, the Nets had to work through a lot of stuff, and um, they've really brought to it um they're probably going to make it back to the playoffs which is so interesting and uh, they've done it without their big pieces that they've needed for so long they became that super you know squad team and, and it's kind of proven that they really no longer need that and you know I, they, they they made it to the playoffs with them they made it to, they're gonna make the playoffs without them so it's interesting to see and it's hard to say that too because it's like in the beginning of the year well they, they played so with them played so well with them they got so many wins but then the, the NBA season's so big, it's so large, there's so many games that they could have went downhill after that and never recovered, which ultimately didn't happen. Um, the other team I want to talk about is the Knicks. They won earlier in the week as well, 138-129 to over the Pacers, with three players scoring 30 or more points in Obi Toppin, Quentin Grimes, and Emmanuel Quickly, three guys, Emmanuel Quickly, who keeps stepping it up game after game. Um, and I thought that was interesting. All three tri-state teams ran in the top six of the Eastern Conference with the Knicks and the 76ers clinching a playoff spot. So a big climb for the Knicks as they were in and out of this uh, Eastern Conference. Eight, six, seven. I remember they're up and down. Nine, I think, at one point. 
up in the Eastern Conference standings. So it's interesting to see where they're at now versus where they were six months ago. Um, and then now they can kind of land in. They clinch the playoffs, but I think there are five now. Um, but it's it's very it's very interesting. They were able. They have a lot of depth. They've been using like you know Jalen Brunson. They brought in the offense is playing amazing for them this season. Uh, Julius Randle stepped it up. You know they still have R.J. Barrett who's you know fighting an illness right now. But you still have your top guys, and to have this type of depth in there is really going to help them. And I found this stat. It said you know the three guys who I just mentioned quickly: Grimes and Toppin, who just broke 30 points. It's the third time that's happened in team history since Toby Knight, Earl. Uh, Earl Monroe, Ray Williams did it in 1979. So, you know, with this kind of depth, with this kind of rotation, I know Thibodeau doesn't really want to hear those type of words and, and sick guys all the time, but this is this is one of the stronger Knicks teams I've seen in a little bit, um, and I'm excited to really see them in the playoffs and see how they can kind of move forward, and I'm really hoping it's a good year, rest of the year for New York sports. Um, and they can kind of take that step forward because we've been waiting for that from the Knicks. You know, they missed it last season, was in it the year before. Um, and now it's just been kind of an up and down. Can the Knicks get a win this time around and move forward in the playoffs? I'm curious to see how the load management goes. Um, but I'm excited to see the Knicks back in the playoffs. 47 wins, the 33 losses this year. Um, an above average, uh, almost a 600 win percentage. Fifth in the conference. I'm really excited to see it. And... Um, you know, go Knicks. I'm excited. I'm excited to watch it. And not to mention the 76ers are the three seed. So that should be um, interesting as well. Um, let's see what else we got around the league. Um, the NBA, Carly Jones, is one is has been named the league's most... My goodness. Whew. I'll just start off for you guys. Carly Jones of the Chicago Bulls named league's most improved player. Uh, here in the honor of the vote by 30... Head coaches and general managers around the league. He averaged 26.1 points and seven assists during his 24 games this season. Um, he had seven games with 30 points this season and a, a career-high 46-point game back in January. So congratulations, Carlick Jones. Uh, in the NBA, not the NBA. Oh, my goodness. What's going on today? But I got the energy for it, so it's okay. I probably won't even edit that out because you know what? Guys got to see me in the raw moments. And that's what I love about this show. We're raw. We're raw. We stay raw sometimes. Uh, in the MLB is what I want to talk about. Uh, so baseball, the private sale of a bat. I thought this was a really interesting uh, story I found, so I really wanted to mention it. Um, private sale of a bat used by Babe Ruth sold for $1.85 million. Uh, so it was a record price for a baseball bat. And back in 2018, the collector, Justin Cornett, did not have a photo match, and he purchased it for over a little over $400,000 and then ultimately got a photo match. Uh, and the bat received a perfect 10 grade from the PSA DNA Photo Authentication Services. Um, basically, what that means is he found the original photograph. He was able to compare the bat bit by bit with the photo. Um, and the, I guess the services did that for him and confirmed that that is the bat. And 10 grade just means that's perfect 10 grade. So it confirms that is the bat. And, and it sold for over a million dollars. Pretty cool, um, which means it was Babe Ruth's bat. Um, over in Milwaukee, they got the 105-92 win, which sends them in the playoffs over the Bulls on Wednesday. But Giannis Anacupo was limited yet again. Um, and not only that, was he limited, he was probable listed. Um, so they're playing, for, they're preparing for the playoffs, so I could see that. But they did lose Chris Middleton, who came with right knee soreness during the game. So that's something I'll have to watch out for the Bucks, as we know they are a powerhouse in that conference. Um, moving on, let's hit the NFL. And the New York Jets, something I try to do every week, but I really would like to try not to. Let's get to it. 
All right, seemingly something that just keeps coming up every week, and I don't mean for it to come up every week, but it seemingly does. It's the conversation of the New York Jets, and what are they doing with Aaron Rodgers this time around? Nothing. They're not doing anything. And to think they are, um, there's there's been no movement. I don't know. I, I don't know what's happening. Uh, March 15th, Aaron Rodgers said he would come to New York. It almost feels like five years ago that he said that statement. Basically, the Jets and the Packers had a stalemate of, uh, on, on draft picks. And basically what that means is um, they're not stuck on a first because Brian Gutekus, uh, sorry, excuse me, the GM for the Packers said it doesn't have to take a first-round pick for them to get them. What's holding up seemingly uh, from everything I've read um, and everybody I've listened to is the pick situation. Will the Jets give up a couple of second-round picks without a, a clause in there? They essentially want to give away a second-round pick and a conditional pick and then one more, but contingent that the Packers give one back if Rodgers only plays one season. So basically, there's, there's a little protection in there for the Jets, and the Packers seemingly don't really want to do that. So that, I believe, is where the stigma comes in. It sounds like Rodgers wants to play here. Both teams just can't seem to come up with a value for it. Well, there's a value there. They just can't come up with the uh, intricate details. And I think fans are starting to get a little uncomfortable. I think they're starting to be that that point where fans want to know the answer. They want to know why it's taking so long. And they want to see this deal done. You know, as a fan, I want to see this, see this deal done. Um, I think it's taking a little long. It's been, what, nearly two weeks since this happened. And listen, we know the Jets and the Pack and Aaron Rodgers want to be together. That's 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 a story, uh, but it's just not in the cards right now. It's not happening. And I'm feeling like basically, if this doesn't happen, the Jets are a disaster. <clears throat> it does not get any much different than that. And I want to make sure everybody knows that that if this does not happen, the Jets will be forever remembered for this. And we're going to talk about a lot of this uh, right now. So what I think is interesting about this is I read a lot about it, but the Packers after June 1st, if they trade Aaron Rodgers, they're going to take a $40 million cap hit. But, or, or excuse me, before. But if the trade comes after June 1st, then they'll split that over two seasons. So it won't be as bad, if, uh, uh, bad for the Packers. But if you do that and you wait till then, you're missing out on 2023 draft picks which I think are more valuable than a next year's draft because you know what you're getting. You know where the Jets are in the draft. You you know what they have now. And uncertainty comes next season. Like, you know what Aaron Rodgers is going to give them. So let's say you trade um, after June 1st. You know you're going to give them Aaron Rodgers regardless, let's say. You're giving them a chance to... Like, they're going to be better with Aaron Rodgers. You know that. Or at least that's supposed to be what's on paper going to happen. So why would you trade for something that is an unknown, something that could be further back in the draft when you can get something now? So I, that's like that's the conversation I'm trying to figure out is what what before the draft and and what what are they gonna do after? Sounds like Joe Douglas said he's and and, uh, and Robert Sala said they're really in no hurry to get this deal done. But I think it's interesting because now Lamar Jackson's on the market, which I don't think the Jets are gonna go after because now they have Nathaniel Hackett and they signed uh, Tim Boyle. We'll talk about it in a second, but. Um, they would have to go all in, like everything, guns blazing for, um, for Lamar Jackson. It's just they have changed it. Like the scheme's not there. It's it's a whole nother thing. 
when we talk about Tim Boyle, who they signed today, the backup for Aaron Rodgers, Aaron Rodgers loves him, blah, blah, blah. Like on NFL Network, they were making jokes like, oh, we got an announcement. Oh, Aaron Rodgers. No, it's Tim Boyle. Like, like that's how long this is dragging on for that people are now kind of making those type of comments. And I, I just don't like it. So uh, early in the week, too, this became a thing. Could the 49ers be a late sweepstake? Craig Carton from WFAM started talking about this as well. Um, he talked about on his show how the, um, excuse me, the, the 49ers could be in a way that could get him uh, because, you know, California boy, whatever. He's, you know, you know he wants to make a pay. Uh, Packers, the uh, you know, Alex Smith draft, blah, blah. Like the, the 49ers should have picked Aaron Rodgers. Uh, and now he has a chance to go back there. But I don't know. I read another article that said they really weren't interested or highly unlikely to do that. But that was back in early March. Now there's an article by the New York Post. And then Craig Carton announced that maybe the 49ers are in on it. Um, and you think about it, Craig Carton made a really good point. Trey Lance has been whatever, you know, in and out. And, you know, hasn't really showed you much. Been injured. Brock Purdy played great last last season, but then got injured. And maybe he needs more time. Maybe he needs help. Who who not better than do to Aaron Rodgers to teach him? That's what... Um, what Craig Carton was saying, and then Sam signed Sam Darnold. So when is Brock Purdy going to come back? Blah blah blah. They don't have any first round picks, I believe, in this draft. So I don't know what kind of capital they'd be able to give up. But I thought it was an interesting conversation. I do think the Jets are the only team in this conversation, and uh, I don't know. It's just like get the deal done. You know, Jets fans are waiting, and I say don't have much patience already. So I don't know how they're even dealing with this. You know. I don't think the Packers should wait till after the draft. And nor do I think the Jets should give up a first-round pick, which I don't think is going to happen. I think the Packers and the Jets need to do this. Second-round pick, hand it over, 2023. Okay, you know what you're getting. Fine, Jets get Aaron Rodgers. Okay, what else do the Jets send over in a condition to that? Okay, I think next season the Jets send over a fourth or a third. Fine. Um, and maybe you send over a conditional pick. What the Jets need to get back from the Packers is really some security, and that's what they've been doing. You know, we need some type of protection. What if the Rodgers just leaves us after one season like Brett Favre did back in 2008? You know, you know what are we going to do? Okay, the Jets are trying to do that, but, the, you know, the Packers don't want to do that. When we look at the 2008 draft for Brett Favre, uh, or trade, I should say, they only got him for a third-round pick, and the Jets sent over a seventh. You know, and, and now I, I read... Um, Tom Paracero from NFL Network did a great job reporting all this, too. I found this information from him. Um, Aaron Rodgers is older than Brett Favre was during that time. So why are the Jets, why now are the Packers trying to find more find more ground for a guy who's older, made him play only one season, came out of his darkness retreat, oh, 90% retirement, 10%, or before, excuse me, before he came out, 90% retirement, 10% play. You know, it's a, it's a tricky game. You know, and Tom Pellicer made really good points. Like Aaron Rodgers probably wants those picks for 2023 because he may only be there one season. He wants to build this team, wants to win a Super Bowl. This is his chance. You know, he's got a young roster, uh, aggressive guys, um, talented players, and Brees Hall, uh, uh, Garrett Wilson, Michael Carter, like Sauce Gardner. Like you have, you have, you know, tenacious guys on this team who can get you really far. You know, like a number one defense in the NFL, top top three, an offense that could be much improved with Aaron Rodgers on it. And a different scheme now. Like it's there. Uh, and does Aaron Rodgers want to get like there's that now? Now you sign Alan Lazard, who who's who was Aaron Rodgers. Like he's gonna go here. He has to go here. He has to go to New York. I do like if this deal does not get done, I will be the most shameful Jets fan in the world. I think I might shed a tear because it just I don't I don't know what more you could do. Like the Jets have no options. No, like the Jets have no 
options. If they do not get Aaron Rodgers, this is it. Unless you go for Lamar Jackson and go all in, I'm sorry. This is it. There's nothing left for them. You have to find a way to close this deal out. I mean, you really do. Uh, The Jets have been longing for something like this in a long time. I talk about it to my dad like this all the time, you know, and he tells me all the time, like, oh, we can't draft another quarterback. You know, we really can't. You know, look what happened to Zach Wilson. We just don't. We're not that kind of team. We don't have that type of development time. It's unfortunate what happened to Zach, and I'm hoping maybe he learns from Aaron Rodgers. Maybe he does eventually become the Jets quarterback in the future, Um, but they just throw guys into the fire. They're just not ready. And, you know, because you just look at past history. Geno Smith, look where he is now, Geno, with the $100 million contract. He needed time. You know, it was a lot of time, but, you know, he needed it. Um, You know, look at the failures they've had at quarterback. You know, much respect, but Zach Wilson clearly hasn't worked out because he's trying to trade for Aaron Rodgers. That's one. Um, Let's go back a couple years ago. Uh, Mark Sanchez, you know, worked for a couple years, then was out, drafted him in 09. Um, You know, we drafted, drafted, you know, Christian Hackenberg in that second round. That never worked out. Uh, Sam Darnold, that didn't work out. You know, there's just Geno Smith who didn't work out. Like, there's just guys... After guys, and they went through like this Josh McCown, Ryan Fitzpatrick page, where like Ryan Fitzpatrick, the veteran, actually put together a good season. Like, that is something that says that's like something that's a core value of the Jets. Like, you have to go out and get a veteran, even if it's just for a year. You got to show the Jets, you got to show the franchise something. And I think Woody Johnson knows that. You know, Woody Johnson, the owner, knows the Jets are just one quarterback away, one veteran leadership away from getting this. Like, Jared Goff, I think, that could lead this team to the playoffs. You know, Derek Carr could have led this team to the playoffs. You know, who can win this team a Super Bowl? And maybe he hasn't done it well, but who could do it? It would be Aaron Rodgers. You know, the Jets have been waiting for something like this in a long time. They have their hands on the deal. Their hands are on the deal. Like, they're right there. Pen to paper. You know, just tell them what you want. Like, we're here. We've never been this close. You know, the Jets traded for Tim Tebow at one point. Brett Favre for the year. Like, we are here on Aaron Rodgers, former league MVP, like, four, what, three times now. He's right in our hands. Close the deal. And I can't say it any more than that. You know, I, I, I um, you know, we sit here today. The Jets are making a lot of Green Bay related moves. Nothing that has to do with Aaron Rodgers. And we still sit here wondering if he's going to come onto the team. New York, our New York fans are now questioning everything. Packers fans are now coming after the Jets saying, oh my God, the Packers, Jets fans, blah, blah, blah do this, do that. And there's just, you know, it's it's coming a wind it's coming a wind tunnel. Things are circulating, um, and it's getting really interesting. But for me, I would like them to sign Rodgers and and get this done because I cannot sit here any longer and figure this out. Now, we're going to close out the show today, um, and I'm going to hit the final thoughts in a second. But please, please, please sign Aaron Rod- or not sign trade for him. You know, because I thought at the beginning of the offseason, the Jets would get Derek Carr. It didn't happen. You know, and then all the pieces started moving. What do the Jets have left now in the market? Um, I don't even know if is Jacoby Brissett still in the market. Blaine Gabbert, maybe. You know, who's left? And unless you go get Lamar, you have no one. So the Jets have to find a way to close this deal out, which I think they will. It's just a matter of timing, and the timing just seems really off right now. On top of that, let's get the final thoughts. My final thoughts for the t- today's show is Lamar. You know, let's move away from all the other stuff we talked about today, but Lamar Jackson. Um, on terms of Lamar Jackson, he's going to be traded. We don't know where, or he wants to be traded. I, I think the, the 49ers really messed up this whole situation. 
Um, and I think part of it is Lamar and part of it's not him having an agent and, and part of it's, you know, whatever, whatever there's, I just, I see an article now, pro football, uh, rumor says they offered Lamar 175 million. Um, there's been offers on the table, I think, but where's Lamar going to go? You know, I, I, I don't know. Um, I'm curious to see maybe he goes to the Colts. They need a quarterback. Um, I just don't know. I, I actually, I'm, I'm very curious to see maybe they swap him with somebody that already has a quarterback and they just want Lamar. I don't know. Maybe it goes to the Falcons. You know, they did try to get uh, Deshaun Watson not too long ago. Um, I think there's a market for him. It's going to be a lot, but what are the rate now? But like, you know, it's Lamar and the other team. What is the rate? What do the Ravens do? Because to be honest with you, as I've mentioned in many previous shows, Lamar is that team. Lamar got them to the playoffs. Lamar got them the wins they needed. Lamar is that team. He's the MVP. So what happens when Lamar leaves the team? Do they fall apart? Because I don't think, you know, you look at the squad and we've, you know, almost like Aaron Rodgers has been saying, like, where's the weapons for, besides Mark Andrews, where are the weapons for Lamar Jackson? Um, you know, the line has kind of dwindled off over the years for Lamar. Um, the defense, yeah, while on paper it's been number one, it's been really on and off um, the past couple of years, and I haven't really felt like it's been the Baltimore Ravens defense like we felt in the 2000s. I know you'll never really capture that ever again, but the Steelers have kind of come back and captured their former identity. The, the Ravens, I don't know. I feel like their defense is very hit or miss sometimes. So when we come to the team together overall and I look at Lamar, he's the guy, he's the glue to this team. When you lose them, what do you have? So you're ultimately you're, you're going to enter a rebuild. John, you know, John Harbaugh is still there, but it's not going to be the same. And, and it's unfortunate because I really thought Lamar Jackson and the Ravens could have made it far, but they just never, never culminated to that. They never, never made it into that. There was never nothing more than Lamar, the team, what they had already, and then him just getting injured all the time because they didn't have any more and he had to do too much. So uh, I'm curious to see where Lamar will go in the next coming weeks. If he even goes anywhere, what happens? You know, we know he didn't play the last couple weeks of the season, even if his knee was injured. I don't think he was going to play regardless. So I'm interested to see what happens. And I know a lot of fans are too. And I'm excited that I'm healthy back. Um, Some things have subsided and I'm excited to be back on a weekly basis, helping you guys get my takes out, diving in. It's just been a rough couple of weeks for me, health-wise, safety-wise. So I'm happy to be back. You know I love you guys. I'm happy that you listened to me. Have a great supporting cast out there. And let's keep rocking and rolling on Jake's Takes. Happy to be with you guys. Let's go! But let's move on. Let's close it out for the day. Let's go. So thank you for joining me today on another edition of Jake's Takes. I'll be back next Saturday to provide more of my takes we got to cover. Remember to visit TunnelVisionSports at TVSportsMag.com. Follow Instagram at TunnelVisionSports underscore and our Twitter account at underscore TV Sports. Don't forget to follow Jake's Takes Instagram account at Jake's Takes TVS for everything you need podcast-wise. And contact my email sjake at TVSportsStaff.com. sjake at TVSportsStaff.com. Don't forget to hit that subscribe button, follow button, and leave a like. Comment, rating on the podcast, wherever you listen to your podcast. I'm Jake Sfrano signing off. Thank you once again for listening. And remember to keep up with all your sports needs with Tunnel Vision Sports, a positive shift in sports media. That was Jake's takes on the TVS Network.